to the NFL. Party people in the house! It's Dynasty War Games. We're back, and I'm your host. I'm Jesse Schneeman. I'm here with not only co-host, but supplemental co-host. Main man Chad Mendoza. How you doing tonight, Chad? I'm doing great, man. Room's getting a little bit crowded. We've got a few people in here. So thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good time. Major Mike Casper's going to be joining us in a little bit. We're going to be doing a mock draft. So we're going to do a rookie mock. This is our second one. We did one way, way long ago when we had no idea. Yeah, we feels talking. like a, a lifetime ago now. Yeah. <laughs> so and that was just the three of us. So we brought in some help. We brought in the DWZ crew to help us out. So joining us tonight is Patreon member Chris Stroud. Uh, I heard people say your first name was Coleridge, but it says Chris on the on the board. I'm going with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the name my parents gave me. <laughs> so, I, I thought when when you you know I'm in I'm we're all in leagues with you on Sleeper DWZ league stuff like that. When I saw C Stroud as your username, I just thought you were a big huge fan of CJ Stroud, and you'd be going all out for him. <laughs> no, no, he's a big fan of me. Apparently, ah, got it. There you go. There you go. So, tell us a little bit about how you found Dynasty Warzone. How long you've been playing Dynasty? Um, just kind of a little bit of uh, been playing fantasy for oh, a little over 20 years. Got into Dynasty probably 10 years ago. For a long time, it was just one home league. That was it. I loved it. Started not only craving more leagues, but trying to get more information than, you know, just the basic ESPN uh, fantasy footballers information like that. Uh, mm. Stumbled across Memphis. Loved him. I actually started listening to him on the uh, Contractor series he used to do on DHH. Yeah, That's me too. I found him originally. Warzone too. Uh, nice. And I just I thought he was super smart. Started following him. Fell into the Patreon, and now I think I'm in like 30 leagues. So I would say I'm fairly hardcore at this point. Nice. 30 leagues. Yeah. 30 yeah. leagues, man. That's that's. Pro material right there. I think I'm in like 12 or 13 maps. Yeah, 30 is a ton, man. It's a lot. I'm up to 18. Good stuff. I'll tell you what, 30 must be tough on Sundays. I say that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I honestly don't even open my apps uh, until like halftime. And then after yeah. the first games, like I don't even look. I, it's just yeah. too much to try to keep up with. <laughs> just getting the lineup set, like, oh my God, that guy's inactive. Ah, what, what team yeah. do I have him yeah. on? You know? Yeah, last minute inactives are a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you spending your time with us on a Sunday night. Uh, Absolutely. Airing, if you're listening to, to this in podcast form, it comes out on a Wednesday. Also joining us is uh, my main nemesis, Dave Donaldson. How you doing tonight, Dave? I'm, I'm doing well. Glad to be back. I yes. think you didn't ever invite me back. <laughs> welcome back. You're always welcome here, Dave. <laughs> When I say nemesis, I just mean in a trading sense. I had to push for it. Jesse has you on the ban list. So, <laughs> All right. That makes yeah, sense. Mike and I came to your defense. We, we made it happen. Lucky for you, I'm not in control of the ban list. So I'm not allowed to ban people. <laughs> <laughs> right on. 
So, Dave, uh, tell me something about um, C.J. Stroud that I don't know. I'm going to put you um, on He's going to go number one. Okay. Right on. So, you, you think the Colts traded up for him? Nice. Or you just – because you're a Colts fan. Panther, the Panthers, the Panthers traded up for him. Yeah. Oh, that's they're right. Gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna talk a lot about everyone oh, else because right. they're hoping that they can get somebody to go over and trade it, trade back, so they can recoup some of what they have. I think. But honestly mm-hmm. speaking, it's all games. They want C.J. Stroud. He fits for, well, Frank. Frank, Frank Reich has Jesse so confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, man. Frank Reich, you know, likes his big quarterback, so. It's definitely a big possibility. Uh, yeah, CJ Stroud goes there. Yeah, if that happens, I'll be pretty excited. I trust I trust any quarterback under Frank Reich, to be honest with you. Like any young quarterback to go to Frank Reich and be developed properly. You know, so uh well, yeah, let's, sorry about let's see if he goes one oh one. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun to see in this draft. I, I I've been seeing a lot of people flip flop, you know, Bryce Young still. Some people have uh Richardson in there at at one oh one, you know. I mean it's it's gonna yeah. be a fun mock draft. I know that. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Also join us tonight is our fourth, the fourth member of our podcast, Brian Ford. How are you tonight, Brian? <laughs> Unofficial uh, cousin Shemp to the three stages. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm very, very uh, appreciative to, to be on uh, again and, uh, you know, cause a mighty stir and, uh, and piss some people off and ruffle some feathers. And so, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, appreciate you spending your time with us on a Sunday. <laughs> Watson, greater we, gotta, than we have to smooth you a little bit. We have to smooth <laughs> you a little bit while you're on here because, uh, you know, eventually when we get to the draft day special and inevitably we all fall asleep again, you will be hosting the show. So <laughs> the silver guy know. is going to be left uh, carry <laughs> The guy that drinks. For those of you that don't know that, last year, I think I think Jesse is all out by like hour four so yeah yeah i definitely fell asleep in the last hour for sure so uh yeah dave joined us i'm gonna put you on the i'm gonna put you on the spot dave you coming back this year um i'm gonna try um i don't see why not i usually try to schedule to where i can uh, be available during that time so cool right on right on chris nice what do you that's think? my attitude too i'm gonna try <laughs> i'm gonna be at the draft so I will not be joining. Nice, man. Not, oh, who, that's who, right. do you want the, right. who do you want the Chiefs to take? Yeah. I know you're a big Chiefs fan. You got the Chiefs gear on. That's your sleeper icon. I know uh, that. So. I, I haven't got too much into uh, defensive players. Obviously, being in 30 leagues, I concentrate more on the offensive guys. Yeah, for sure. But I think I – think, Defense is where I would lean there. Hopefully, uh, we we could definitely use some help in the uh, secondary on, on our things. And it looks like we're probably not going to resign Frank Clark, so I could always use another DN. So I, I think that's probably where I would lean. I'd love to get a receiver, but I think we'll probably do that in the second, third round. Nice. Yeah, I mean it's a good class for cornerback. So you know, a lot of speedy guys there. A lot of a lot of good. Uh, Man coverage guys and the spags likes that so good stuff. Yeah. All right, so let's get this thing started. We're gonna do a mock draft tonight. Um, we're going to we have all but two spots filled, 
So one of them's going to be 101, um, since we know 101 is Bijan right now, I guess. Mike was going to take 101, but he switched to 107. So uh, we're just going to let um, – I guess we're we're just going to let Sleeper take that pick at 101. So I think that's pretty chalk. I mean, you know, at this point, I think people are pretty uh, comfortable with the fact that Bijan's probably going to be taking the majority of drafts at 101. Um, and then, you know, with these quarterbacks, they're going to be shuffled in at 102, 103. Um, right. I wonder I, I wonder if people are going to get desperate in draft, and, <clears throat> you know, jump at quarterbacks and trade, try to trade up to 101 for them. I wonder if that's yeah. happen. I mean, I have some 102 and 103. I wonder if B. John will fall to, fall to me anyway. Be- I think it's possible. I think you'll see it in a few leagues, yeah. be interesting. Yeah. I, I would really like to see it happen. Yeah. be honest with you, I'd be fun. Yeah, All right, Brian, you're on that 101. I could definitely see him. Yeah, 101 was B. John. Who you got, Brian? Yeah, so I was really excited to see 102 open when I tapped uh, in the mock so I can take the undisputed, indisputable QB1 in the class, Anthony Richardson. Um, AR is QB1. He is the bet to make. Um, I love uh, that I'm already pissing off Dave. Uh, uh, (laughs) You know, I could go on and on and on and on and on about it. Um, uh, If you go to the Dynasty Fever YouTube channel, I made a 40-minute video walking people through why AR is the bet to make. Um, I'll try to be brief here. Essentially, you have three quarterbacks who are going to get first round DC young stud quarterbacks of first round DC relatively in the top 10 15 they're going to have relatively similar value retention and value insulation I'm going for the guy with the ceiling with the elite rushing he only has to be a mediocre NFL passer to be to hit for us on fantasy football this is not about Bryce Young being a processor this is not about CJ Stroud being smooth and well-rounded this is about what I'm doing for my dynasty fantasy team not only that The ceiling for Richardson is the floor, right? The fact that he has ceiling is his floor as a dynasty asset, is his floor as value retention, and you have a safety net. You're rewarded by the risk because if it blows up in your face, you get high draft capital the next year anyway. And there, so there's, 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 that's the fact that there's very little risk to taking. Richardson, QB1, why would you not go with the guy with the elite rushing uh, uh, ceiling? Like, I just, I I think people are just really oversimplistically saying, you know, Stroud, young floor, Richardson, ceiling, risk, and just, that's it. Uh, this is about dynasty assets. Quarterbacks are never cheaper than they are in startups and rookie drafts. Take the guy with the ceiling. Justin Fields is going 108, 109 in startups, like two picks, uh, right? A pick behind Lamar Jackson, two picks behind Trevor Lawrence, you know, because why? Rushing, right? Half the dynasty community is ready to bury Trey Lance. He's he's retained value to the point where he's still a a fourth or fifth round startup pick because rushing. All right, I'm sold. I'm sold. Right on. Anybody? All right, right, rebuttal. Dave Donaldson. (laughs) I, I I mean, I understand the whole concept. Um, I just don't like drafting players who won't see the field probably the first year. And if they do, um, you know, I'm, I don't I don't know what kind of I don't know what kind of situation he's going to get put into. Um, this quarterback class is going to be hard anyway. Didn't Mahomes sit for his whole first year? Dependent. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Yeah. Everything but the last game, yes. But yeah. 
that wasn't I mean, because he really needed to learn. That was because it was um, Alex well, Smith. I'll let well, I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, yeah. we don't know that, though. I mean, he, he might have needed the time um, to really, you know, hit the ground running like he did. But even so, Mahomes was put into the best situation a young quarterback can possibly be in. I mean, that team under Alex, Alex Smith was going consistent, consistently like 12 and 4 um, before he was dropped in there. Um, and that was with Alex Smith. So yeah, he was running the Texas Tech air raid offense. So that's a little bit different. To Jay's point, if he goes to somewhere where he has to start day one, I'm a little more nervous about it. I don't know that I that I take him off where I'm at now with QB one, but um, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't. I I, he could get ruined for sure. You know, I I would love to see him go to like you know Vegas. They bring Stidham back and he sits. You know, Seattle. They have Geno back already and he sits. Those would be good places to go. If he has to start day one, then I might I might be singing a different tune. My my biggest issue with him would be that you end up in the middle, where you have somebody who can go over and rush for a bunch of yards, but not be able to be a significant passer, not really make anyone else around him particularly well. I mean, if he throws fifty percent completion percentage, um, you know he can go over and be a startable asset, but he'll end up being a QB. 15, 20, 25 based on rushing. And then you might end up in the middle where you don't actually get your assets back. Right. Well, speaking of the middle, though, there's a huge chunk of the range of outcomes for Young and Shroud who are far overrated as far as their floor goes, that they're Jared Goff and David Carr, which Mm -hmm. are mid anyway. And, you know, in, in Dynasty, we mix our bets, right? And conservative bets, risk averse bets every time, floor bets every time, safe bets every time gets you middling outcomes big swings gets you championships or the 101 the next year i i mean i would i'm i'm with you i'm with you on um you know anthony anthony richardson being a uh you know very very much a high reward player um but i wouldn't classify bryce young as a conservative pick i mean he's he's a really 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 good elite passer um that if he pans out with his size that is a high reward i mean he is a really good player the only reason why anybody doubts him is because of his size. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't classify him in that Derek Carr range. I mean, I think he, he truly has the ability to be an elite quarterback. He didn't have, I mean, uh, you know, people see Alabama and they say, okay, well, this guy had a, you know, ridiculous supporting cast. He didn't. He really didn't. Um, so a lot of what he was doing, he was doing, I mean, he was making it happen and making everybody around him better. I'm, I'm a big fan of Bryce Young. I do like Anthony Richardson. I'm with you on, you know, there are some, some drafts where I am going to take that risk at probably the 103, maybe 104. Um, but you know, I, I, I do think, I do think that, uh, that Bryce Young is, is, uh, probably a significantly safer bet. And then also, uh, you know, has that high ceiling as well. So is that who you're making your, is that who you're taking with the third pick? Yeah. I guess we can transition right into that. Yeah. Uh, we talked way too much about my pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think, well, I think, I think that's good conversation though, because yeah. it's just, it, I mean, this is going to be one of the most controversial picks is how we filter these QBs through. Um, Cause we're, I mean, let's be honest, we're probably going to see three QBs here in the first five picks as they make their way. Yeah. So having this conversation kind of filters all the way through. I will add just one thing for, um, you know, Brian's argument as well is he is going to be boosted from that rushing ability. So even if he does struggle early on, 
Um, even if it does look like he's being ruined, you can move on from him early on, no problem, just because that rushing ability we see with Fields. For anybody that doesn't believe in Fields still, um, or, or at this point, I mean, you're getting a hell of a haul for him, um, and that's only based on potential and rushing ability. It's not based on anything he's done as a passer. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why Anthony Richardson can't go into the NFL and put up similar rushing performances if a, a team gives him the opportunity to. Right on. Okay, well, we are waiting for the next pick, FFA Schaefer. Um, I guess I should have put a timer on this. So I, I actually have C.J. Stroud as my number one quarterback. And I'll tell you, it's just because of this. He has a prototyp- prototypical size. He might not have, or definitely doesn't have quite the arm strength of the other two, but definitely enough arm, definitely an NFL arm. And here we go. C.J. Stroud is the 104. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he looked super smooth in the in the combine. I mean, I don't want to really draft from from the combine. I want to draft from film. Um, but as I've told Brian on Dynasty Fever many times, I've kind of quit scouting quarterbacks on film because it's hard, <laughs> and I'm and I'm not a pro at it. So, um, I have Stroud as my QB one right now, but. Come draft day, I may very well take Anthony Richardson just because I want the big swing. Uh, what I'll probably do is try to trade down a spot or two and let somebody else make that decision and get some extra capital. That's right. I think at this point, I think draft capital with these quarterbacks is going to end up in the final. Like, we're going to, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but most of our drafts pretty much start as soon as the, uh, NFL draft is over and I'm I have got most of those guys in this those three guys in the same tier and wherever they end up landing with the best landing spots going to be the guy that moves up to the front so yeah that's going to draft capital actually means more for me in this draft in terms of quarterbacks than just about anything else at this point well that that's a that's a good question so we'll we'll go down the go down the list of um our guests here and actually you know figure that out so where where do you see is the let's just say for the top 10 picks, right? Because all these guys are going to go in the top 10, um, you know, barring somebody, you know, giving up a hell of a lot to trade up into that top, I mean, six or seven uh, draft places. What team do you guys think is, is the one that you're like, man, I, I really want the guy that I like to go here. Uh, we'll start with you, Dave. Well, the way I look at it, I really kind of like, and this goes completely counter to what I said, but I would I wouldn't mind going over and seeing someone like Anthony Richardson going to the Colts at four, and having having an offensive line and having the running back behind it. And it goes completely counterintuitive to what I've been talking about. But I think that's one team that actually specializes in running the ball. It'd make all my Pittman shares terrible, um, <laughs> but um, so be it. You know, I'm a Colts fan first and foremost. I think it'd be a fun offense to watch and something similar to what you'd find back when uh, the Ravens brought in Lamar. So nice, nice. Uh, what about you, Chris? I would actually, I'd love to see CJ Stroud go there uh, to Indy. I don't think it's going to happen. I agree with Dave. I'm pretty sure he's going one. Uh, but I think he's a ready made starting quarterback and a really good offense you know set up for him for the offensive line the running back got you know decent receiving core there <clears throat> and i'm with jesse as of now stroud's my first qb2 uh i think they're interchangeable honestly like he's like 1a 1b 1c 
it's so close between those three guys. It's just really personal preference. So nice. That would be my pre preferred spot, although I doubt it happens. Brian, okay. clean us up. What do you think? You know, it's tough, right? Um, I said that I'd like to have him sit for a year. So I think Dave's scenario, while he's correct with the with the running back and the offensive line, I don't know that he gets to sit there unless they bring in some, you know, some middling vet to, you know, be a bridge. You know, what you know, one team that we didn't mention yet, I'm just throwing it out there, not that it's my pick. What if what if Richardson went to the Lions? and sat behind Goff for a little bit. They design an offense for him while he's, you know, while he's sitting and then they roll him out and he's got, you know, ARSB and, uh, and, and JMO and, you know, they don't really, you know, I, like, I don't know. That's something interesting too. So who knows? Yeah. I think I mentioned that in the last uh, episode of our podcast. I think that's yeah. my favorite landing spot for him because I know he can sit there and they're comfortable with Goff. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Pass hosting duties back off to Jesse. I just thought that was an interesting question. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you, Chad. And joining us, finally, is Major Mike Casper. Unmute yourself, Mike. I'm muted. I just I came on without knowing it, and I was about to, like, do some little stuff. So I just want to make sure. What's up, guys? Welcome, Mike. Welcome, Mike, just in time. Just in time. So I'm up, and I'm going to take Jackson Smith in Jigba. For me, the choice here is between him Levis and Gibbs, I think that's pretty chalk. It's not just me. You know, the the one oh the the one oh one through one oh seven, I think we all look at it as pretty premium right now. Um, for me, I just love the guy's athleticism. He's shown that he's um, you know tested at an elite level. He's put the um, you know, he's put the film out there. Even though he missed a year, the production model for the year that he did play was elite. Um, you know he's got today's size, and for people who say he's a he's a slot only, I, I kind of disagree. I think he's more of a a move uh, move Y slash slot. You know I think you can move him around a, the formation. I think a lot of guys can be alphas that aren't um, just your your prototypical X wide receiver. That's not what he is, but we see a lot of guys out there with huge numbers that aren't that either. So I see um, JSN. Really, as, as the most elite wide receiver talent out there, safer than Gibbs. Um, you know, Gibbs with the size does run the risk of being a a secondary back and not getting the volume that you want out of a top five dynasty pick. And then Levis has, comes with huge risk. So, um, I think I'll, Mike, is that you? That's not, <laughs> oh, that's not that's me. That's Chad. Oh, that's Chad. Okay, is he is he is he uh, roaring at the TV again? No, that's that's crying this time. Oh, that's that crying. is crying okay. for sure. All right, go put some cocoa melon on. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that's my pick, Jackson Smith. Jake, I know Dave won't uh, Dave won't argue. anybody Anybody really like have a strong argument? They think we uh, should go over him at number five. No, but I I, I would quibble with. That Le Levis being in the top seven is is a guarantee and, and chalky. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like him at all, really, um, until maybe ten. So, um, yeah, there's there's a couple of guys I'd like to see go 
okay. before I would see Levis go. And hopefully, I'd argue that seven through ten are pretty flat for me. But yeah, I, I would. I would say if I could get him at one hundred six, one hundred seven, Will Levis for me, I'm I'm extremely happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he falls past that, then that's my that's my uh, my guy all day. So I, I hope you're right. Right on. Well, that is who went next. So RJ from Dynasty Warzone Patreon took Levis next. Um, any, anybody have a real problem with Levis at 106 besides Brian? Nope. I don't. I don't have him there. Yeah. I have him farther down too. I have <laughs> Levis at like 10. I want. I want Levis at like 109. That's why I picked 110 because I think that's where the draft gets interesting. So. Um, so who who do you uh, who do you guys you two in particular personally have um, ahead of Levis if you're seeing one if you're seeing Levis go 109 110 who are the guys that you're looking Madison. to get before him What's I'm up? sorry who Madison. was the first one Quentin Johnson Quentin okay Johnson and Addison and uh, Addison I'd and say- it's and honestly they're the they're very similar to me it just kind of depends on draft capital they're in the same tier for me. Okay, so now what happens if what I'm happens sorry, okay. if uh, you're seeing some of these guys go maybe at the very end of the first, early second? Um, because that is the, that is the range for these guys. I mean, Addison could be the first wide receiver off the board, could be the third, uh, even fourth. Uh, same with Quentin Johnson. So, I mean, what happens if they go towards the later end of their ranges? I still I still have them. Okay. Even if they were even if they were picked in the top in the top of the second round, I'd still have Addison and and QJ above them. Okay. In my in my personal opinion. What about just, you, Brian? Oh, I'm I sorry, say, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Dave. No, I just I just don't trust him. I'm with Brian on this. So let me let me ask you let me ask you a quick question then. <laughs> if you it's the third time you I'm muting my mic. I'd say I'm muting. <laughs> <laughs> so with the with the uh with the athleticism that Levis has, right? Because it, he could be as good a rusher as um, anybody we have in the league as far as production goes, right? He has the size, he has the athleticism, he has the speed. Um, what makes him just a super unsafe dynasty asset for you? Um, well, for me, it's for me, it's his decision making. I mean, you watch him; he he doesn't. He, it, it's just not very. It's just not clean. Like if everything feels a little forced. I know. I know he's an intelligent individual and he's got athleticism. I know that, you know, his his ceiling could be upwards close to Josh Allen. But even then, I mean, how many Josh Allens really come out versus how many are not? Um, I, I just I just didn't see enough from him. And yes, I know the the O-line and the offense he was in. And I understand that whole concept. I just for me personally, I just didn't I haven't seen enough of him to really feel like I can get behind him. And so okay. I'd rather take a little bit more of a conservative, safer approach with wide receivers, I think, have a much higher floor. First round for me is all about getting getting somebody who will be a fantasy asset on your team. Um, and I'll, I usually play more towards having the, you know, random stuff on the second and third round where I'm taking my, my dart throws. I'd rather just make sure I have some some built-in capital that way. For me, at least, that's more of how I play. So. Nice. Okay. Uh, sorry to Kanye West, Brian, so many times. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> no, that's okay. Listen, I, I talk a lot on these podcasts. I just did two hours today on, on wide receivers with a with a with a Debbie guy. Like, wow. I, please 
Dave, Dave, I've said before, Dave needs a podcast. Like, like we, we, he just needs to be on one, and just sell less booze and talk more about Debbie. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm subscribing. But, um, you know, I, I think at least Addison needs. To, I, I think that that's my, that's my seven. Uh, and then I want to see. Um, I could see taking uh, QJ, uh, although I'm, I'm kind of out on him at cost. I could see Charb. Uh, I could even see Mayer, you know, um, depending on what happens. Uh, if especially because we're one seven five in this draft, right? Like, I'm just I'm kind of out on Levis. I question that he can be as good a rusher as anybody we have in the league. I think, you know, I, you know, I I don't. He's not Josh Allen. Um, he's it's hero ball. It's hospital balls. It's it's like he's just naturally inaccurate. Whereas Richardson is mechanically inaccurate that can be coached. Levis is just, I don't know. He's, I'm out on him really. Like, like, so yeah. um, I'm glad that both of you guys touched on, on, on these things. So Dave says it's the decision-making. Brian says it's the natural inaccuracy. I say it's both. So um, <laughs> Dave says he's stealing. Hospital. Which were, which were both big, which were both big, you know, hits on Josh Allen when he was coming out. And I'm not saying like, I mean, huge hits on Josh Allen. Uh, or people saying Levis that he was what's Levis, that? Levis doesn't have the tools of Josh Allen. He does though. You you really you think he has the athleticism and that arm? Jeffy, I mean, he Josh. doesn't have Josh Allen's arm, but he has a good enough arm, you know. I mean, he has an upper echelon NFL arm. Yeah. He does. Um but yeah, I mean, the the only reason I disagree is because I do think he is going to be an elite athlete in the NFL um at the quarterback position. Um, you know, with his size, there's not many guys with his athletic ability. Uh, he's going to be able to manufacture uh, rushing production. Um, I, I have zero doubt in my mind. As long as he goes in the top ten in the NFL draft, I'm I'm willing to take a, a chance on him because he'll retain his value. He'll have a floor. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. Because I mean, even if he doesn't work out as a passer, um, he's a quarterback that can rush the football. Uh, he's he's going to maintain value. All right, so moving on to our next pick, Mike, Major Mike Casper. Who did you take? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. Everyone was gone so <laughs> that I kind of wanted. So I, I was I, – I would have taken Levis, to be honest, if he would have fallen to me. But it also de- – a lot of this depends on the NFL draft, right? So uh, I just took the QB or RB2 and Gibbs. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be taken pretty high. So a lot of people seem to be down on him post-combine. I mean, we'll see. He lit the combine up. I don't know why. I mean, he came in three or four pounds less than he was listed. BFD. I mean, that's that's uh, it's because he's under two hundred, and a lot of people <laughs> have that two hundred threshold, right? So he's one ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, it's sort hey, of an arbitrary hey, threshold. Hey, you never know. Like that one like pound, 10 broken, not, ten broken tackles because he doesn't have one pound extra pound on him. You know what I'm saying? Well, we make fun of that. Yeah. We do, but think about this, right? These guys do all the eating sushi and whatever to get the salt, like to gain the water weight for this. Right. So he's probably going to play at 195, Right. And when you look at the top 24 running backs of the last three years, so 72 different chances to have a running back, right. Three of them were, were below 200. I mean, there's a reason, you know, it's draft capital. It's opportunity. It's the NFL beating you up. It's how coaches use you. Like there's a reason 200 is a threshold. It's not an automatic I'm out on him, but I think, you know, the idea that like, oh, if he if he's 199, if he was just 201, we 
there's a reason it's it you know it, it's yeah. special at some, at some point you, you got to say well, it's close enough to the line well well then there's a line for a reason i don't think we saw anything from any of the other rbs that, that i think of that is going to really propel them ahead of them so and I, I i like to see what the teams tell me which is based off of draft capital right and i don't think anybody did anything I'd, I'd be surprised i'd be pretty shocked if he wasn't the second rb taken so but i don't know how anybody else thinks about it i'm not even the biggest gibbs lover i just i think at 107 to get the rb2 is kind of kind of nice to be honest you're looking at an elite talent he ran a 436 so i don't think he actually decided to put on weight for the combine that's a decision guys make they don't always make it so he you know he he ran elite numbers and brian what do i always say about the NFL weight program and their <clears throat> supplements that they have <clears throat> prescribed for these gentlemen makes it a little easier to put on weight when you have some help. You know, yeah, I don't listen. I'm not saying that he's not going to be the second running back. He's my RB two. I think I, I, I think I did bump Charb up to like a tier of two and three now with Gibbs. Hmm. Um, but um and and I think really, uh, uh, contrary to popular belief, I think Bijan separated himself even more from Gibbs at the combine. Like he looked so sexy at the mm-hmm. combine. Like it was so clear how far and away he above he is everybody else. But yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll, uh, I'll add one quick thing to this, and then we can keep moving. But um, have you guys watched him? He was behind Alabama's line, and he wasn't exactly running on the outsides. He was running up the middle. At probably closer to 195. I don't, I'm not worried about him going over. And yes, I think that the 200 threshold, and I agree with you, and it is something that we need to consider, but he's one of the few prospects I've seen where I've seen him run between. It's not like a chain, right? Uh, where you're looking at it going, God, I hope they get the ball to him on the outside. I don't, I, I can see him running up the middle. I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to see it 25 times. He's not Derrick Henry, but I can definitely see where you're not going to go over and say, crowd the outside, leave the middle open. They're not going to run up the middle. So I'll just leave it at that. That's my view on Gibbs. I have him at two and he's a big tier ahead of Charb for me. So I think it's, I think you're pretty happy. All right. 108, Chris Stroud, you're on the clock, buddy. What, what, who you take? Jordan Addison. All right. Tell us about Jordan Addison. Why are you taking him? Well, I think at this point, it's just incredible value. Uh, I think he's, in my opinion, the clear wide receiver, too. I'm not a Johnson believer myself. Uh, I, wouldn't lo- I wouldn't mind taking a swing at him at the uh, end of the first, although I doubt he'd make it that far as a boom-bust guy. It's just Addison's safe, and I, I just – unless it just really surprises me with his NFL draft capital, I, I just – don't see a world where he doesn't become a good dynasty asset uh, at this point. I would I was close on um, Zach Charbonnet. Like I really thought about going there, but I just think Addison's too good of a value at the 108 to pass up. So let me ask you, um, you're not worried about the 40 time? I think no. you were at a 4-4-9? No. No. Uh, I I don't need my receiver to run four three, as long as he can get open and he can get open. So you think, you think he's going to go in the first round? I would say he's. I mean, I'm expecting him to. Um, it wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me if he went at the top of the second. You know, that's not going to bother me too much either. 
right on. But now it's going to be a weird draft, I think, for receivers too. So we'll see. What's the best fit for you? Let's say he does go in the first round somewhere. Oh boy. Um, Probably, I don't see him going in the top half. I think it's going to be in the second half of the first if he goes in the first. Um, Buffalo would be interesting. I'm I'd not a Gabe Davis believer. Yeah. I'd be surprised um, if, he, if, he, if he lasted that long. Yeah, he may. He very well may not. I'm just trying to think of who would be in that area. Uh, Chiefs, obviously, I would love. Uh, I don't think he's going <laughs> to yeah. make it there. That's everybody's um, favorite landing spot for every player. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially me. I like. I would be all about that, but I, I, I don't know. Um, I haven't really thought about landing spots per se. Uh, well, Chad, what, what do you think about the Giants? I mean, I, I, I've seen that. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I would love to see that. Him would that, that would be my number one um, yeah. landing spot because he would step in and, and be the clear. Mm-hmm. Number one, he has a guy like Sterling Shepard, who's, I mean, an incredible mentor. Um, who's coming as, back, by the as way. As a player. Yeah, just got signed. Or, I mean, reports are coming out that he's getting yeah. signed. So Can't believe that. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Sterling Shepard is not a um, not a number one um, because he can't stay on the field. But, you know, it's somebody there that can teach him the ropes um, yeah. who's not a threat. And he can step into that role and, and be that, you know, number one producer for the Giants and Daniel Jones. So I, I like it a lot. Yep. Right on. All right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that anyone has any problems with Jordan Addison there. Um, I think everybody has him at, at worst. He's there. Everyone's third receiver. So definitely top three for everyone. Mike, do you have any thoughts on Addison? I mean, I, I like Johnson better to be honest, but okay. um I mean, we'll see. I, I have no idea. I feel like I have no idea where any of these wide receivers are going to go in the draft. So it's going to be really interesting and telling what teams do. And I mean, if it's in the bottom half, like it's those are the better teams, right? So that that makes it a little bit even that much more interesting. These are where the RBs could start going too, right? So we'll see. It's really fun because these wide receivers are so different from each other, especially these premier ones. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to depend more on what a team is looking for rather than maybe even, you know, how they rank the wide receivers per se. Yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, and speaking of Quentin Johnson, he went next to Brian Halich, DWZ Patreon member Brian Halich. So, Dave, you were saying you had him next on your list um, as well. Can you tell us a little bit about Quentin Johnson from your perspective? Uh, he is, he's the big guy. So mm-hmm. he, is, he is your prototypical X. He's the, he's the 6'3", fast He's got really, really good um, like change of direction at the top of some of the routes that he goes over and has. Um, I, I've just I've watched some of the TCU games because they're close by me, and when the guy wants to go over and be open, he's there's not too many people that can go over and stop him. He, I mean, he's he's big enough he can beat you on press, and he's fast enough that you really don't want to press him. Uh-huh. So you're gonna have to play off the over the over up on top. Doesn't mind blocking. I mean, it's he's just it's just one of those players that I'd feel happy if he was on my team. And I think opportunity is number one in the game that we play. So and I think he when he steps on the field, he's gonna be getting the opportunities. So the man, the man has absurd uh acceleration, especially for his size. Brian, talk to me about his ability to be pressed. 
Do you think that that's something that, that um, people have seen from him? Or do you think that's something he needs to work on? Quentin Johnson is, I'll give him this, right? In his defense, I think it's his fifth year of organized ball. And he's coming at it from, I think, a basketball and track background. Um, so, you know, let's let's keep that in mind. Um, QJ at cost for me, I don't, I'm, I'm out. As much as like this is a class of smalls and he's a big, um, body he catching, walked. body catching, uh, questionable hands, um, effort, uh, physicality, getting his routes jumped, getting beat up by smaller DBs at the catch point. Um, you know, uh, Lejeune and Dirienzo were doing a video on him and they were, they called it his want to motor. You know, I call it his compete, right? You know, where's the dog in him? I don't, I don't see it. Um, now, if he gets to be in, um, you know, a, a wide receiver room with, you know, guys who are making millions of dollars to do this and they take this seriously and there's a coach who's like, I don't care if you went 112 to the Texans um, or 114 to the, to the Patriots, you're going to be a professional wide receiver or you're going to sit, then he may, he may develop, right? There's room to grow. But if you're asking me to spend the, the 109 on, on a guy with, with that many question marks who came in shorter and lighter than we want him to begin with and didn't run the 40 when size and speed are his selling points, I don't know. He scares me. Chris, do you have any thoughts on Quentin Johnson? Uh, no, I fully agree with Brian. Uh, I, that's why I picked Addison above him. Uh, I mean, he could if he hit, he could – easily be the number one receiver out of this draft. I just don't think he's going to hit. I, I think is more likelihood that he's a bust than a home he's, run. He's pretty raw. He definitely needs some work on his catching technique. Um, Dave, man, the mug on your puss is hilarious right now. He is not happy. Dave, who are you taking? <laughs> it sounds like an incredible insult. I don't, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that means. Well, uh, I don't know if it's a Pennsylvania thing. Your grandmother never said, Mike, wipe that mug off your puss. It means you got a you got a mug. You got a you know, your puss. You got a puss. <laughs> I, I I picked I picked one ten for this particular reason because I figure the way I look at this draft, this draft is very there's a very short window of some top end talent, and then there's a whole bunch of people that can go anywhere from about one ten to I don't know. To 12 almost and so it really comes down to kind of picking who's left over what's there what makes sense um i'm going i know a lot of people love charbonnet i i i don't know he couldn't get it done behind the best offensive line in college football by the team up north he put up great it's numbers. really really hard for me to go over and talk about them but he put up great numbers it wasn't, it wasn't good number. Like it, it, I, when I watched him play with, with Michigan, I was not necessarily a fan of him. So, it, I mean, I, maybe, maybe that's the Ohio state bias coming out, but I just didn't see, I didn't see anything special. I mean, you want to talk about numbers and go look at Blake Corum. All you right. Know, he's half the size and Blake Corum decided not to come out this year. So we're not allowed to talk about him. This is not a okay, Debbie. Then I, this is I not a Debbie Donovan Edwards above him, but <laughs> that's going into Debbie. But still, nonetheless, um, I I just I don't know. I for some reason I watch Charbonnet and I'm just 
I just see, I don't see anything special and I don't see anything that makes me want to. And the fact that this is a 1.75 draft uh, with tight end premium, um, I'm going to take the Michael Meyer and just say, I'm going to take those points. Uh, I mean, a 175, I, he's going to get opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he may not be the flashiest guy in terms of, but I'd rather have a not flashy tight end that plays every down than uh, a running back I don't feel comfortable with. So I probably did me. neglect to say that this is super flex, 1.75 tight end premium and PPR. All right. So, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. 110 Michael Michael Myers, as, as Dave says, um, straight out of Halloween. <laughs> Dave, so what might you say? What might you say to somebody who looks at the class overall in in a format like this and says, you know what, I do like Myers a lot, but the tight end class is so deep in itself that I can get a guy, you know, late in the second round, early in the third round, who might be a really solid player on a on a on a team for a very long time. Uh, I'd rather take, you know. Zach Charbonnet or whoever they, they have, they might have next up and then wait on tight end. What would you say to them? Um, I would say, great. You're in a one seven five league. Uh, take, take Kincaid in the second and take Sam Laporta in the third, and then hope one or two of them hit and play them in your flex and have a nice day. Yeah. Um, it's a good point. Cause I mean, it's exactly what I was saying. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just points. I think I think Meyer is probably the safer bet, and as I mentioned earlier, I in the first round I try to take safer bets, and then I make my dart throws on people like Kincaid at Laporta or some of the other guys we're going to be seeing coming up. Those are the guys I take in the second and third rounds, and then I just hope that they they have the ability to hit. Or in this case, if I had the opportunity to, I'd love to trade down and get two second round picks and and take two shots instead of one. Yeah, because at this point, that this whole bunch of the next probably twelve to fifteen people are really, really tight in terms of tiering and where they're at. I'd rather have two shots than one, but given the format and given the fact that I don't think we're trading, no I'm going to go over and just uh, take who I think has the the best floor and hope it all works out. Nice. Okay. All right. Cool. So, gentlemen, uh, pick eleven is up. Uh, I the the computer's already made some auto picks. I don't like them, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna do kind of a consensus. Brian, who would you take at one eleven? I think the computer did a did a fine job uh, with with Charbs. I keep it. I have, yeah. I have a problem with twelve. Yeah, me yep. too. Everybody okay with Charb at eleven? Anybody have a yeah. problem? With yep. Yep. Good to go. Uh, all right. Everybody good with giving Boote the Boote? At twelve, <laughs> is anybody taking yeah. him in the first round? No, no, no. I'd like to nominate Zay Flowers. Do I get a second? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, because he was supposed to be my pick at two three. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, no, I think that's. If you can point. get Zay Flowers at two three, then something happened. Yeah, I know. No, I don't I see know. Zay Flowers hitting two three. I was hoping. I was hoping. I was this close, though. <laughs> All right. I think the consensus here is Zay Flowers. He's going in at 112. And then, yes, do this. Computer. So, 
The next is Josh Downs. I actually have no problem with that. It's not who I would take, but I see the talent. What do you guys think? Anyone? I mean, I kind of agree with Dave. I feel like there's a lot of people, right? Like this whole round is a kind of pick your preference kind of round, to be honest. So grab yeah. all those seconds, in, in my opinion. But lots of wide receivers here that are all very close to each other. All right. Well, let's actually pause here. We'll recap the first round. But before we do that, let me let me ask a couple. Uh, let me ask a really important question, Chris. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a uh, local Kansas City brewery. It's called BKS. Makes okay. some of the best hazy IPAs around. This one's called Pink. It's a lighter IPA, so it's like a five point eight hazy. Nice. Uh, if you're in the Kansas City area and you like beers, they're an amazing place to go. Right on, Dave. What are you drinking? You're muted. All right. You're muted, Dave. Brian, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to give Dave a, a chance to to do a take two on what he's drinking. Still muted. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm still muted. <laughs> there you go. Um, regular legs, turning point, local brewery. Um, love IPAs from them. Nice. And right, I'm going to mute myself now. Brian, lime seltzer and coffee? As per usual, seltzer and coffee. Uh, I've got a lime. I've also got a, a lemon lime um, and uh, three-quarters calf uh, coffee, uh, a mix of – I hate flavored coffee, but I found one that I love, uh, chocolate peanut butter uh, from a company called Grounds and Hounds. Uh, the, 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 the profits go to you know saving uh, uh, dogs. And uh, yeah, and, and uh, it's a very understated sort of chocolate peanut butter flavor. And like sex is cool, but have you had chocolate peanut butter coffee? <laughs> no, dogs are great. Uh, is it drip or espresso? Uh, just regular. Yeah, just 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 drip. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. What are you drinking, Chad? Uh, I am drinking Johnny Walker uh, Black Label. So just mix a little wow. bit. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Somebody's uh... fancy. Yeah, somebody's old. It's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a thirty dollar bottle or something. It's not. Okay. I mean, I got Miller Light. It's in my fridge, Mike. What you got? I saw you sipping on some unicorn poop over there. Yeah, it was a, it was a blueberry pomegranate uptime. Oh, oh yeah, delicious. Uptime? Are, uptime? are you going? Are you going out driving after this? No, probably not. Mike's small intestine is going to be radioactive by the time he's forty. Like all this. Unicorn rainbow cherry bomb shit he drinks. <laughs> no, uptime is pretty clean. I don't do all the crazy, I don't do the rain or the monster or any of that crap anymore. So bang. Nice, nice. I, I, I'm doing just the uptime and it's it's pretty clean-ish for an energy drink. So is that like, like Celsius? Yeah, it's it's not as strong as Celsius though, even like it's pretty mild. Honestly, gotcha. the way that the beers are these days, when you were said blueberry pomegranate uptime i was like oh that must be some kind of small batch uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, must be some sour beer <laughs> mike is the reason that when i typed i was typing in what is i wanted to know what the difference between diesel and gasoline was today just to, I, so i i go to google and i type in what is and the first thing that comes up that google suggests is or no why is uh, my poop green. 
It's the first thing it suggests, and that's be that's because of Mike. My people like Mike drinking those damn energy drinks, making their poop green. I was say, it's your Google. Uh, somebody in your house <laughs> is sick, and you need to get them checked out. I was out. gonna say, Jesse, what are you what are you looking up on Google when you're not looking up yeah. the difference between diesel and unleaded is? No, no, it was just something that Google suggested to me. It's a yeah. popular search now that uh, it's March, you know, and people are drinking shamrock oh, shakes exactly. and green beer, and, <laughs> you know, they're like, what the hell? Personally, I find if I eat purple things, my poop is green. Mine is why is my eye twitching? So there you go. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that came up too. That came up too. Why is my eye twitching? It's uh, according to my grandmother. You have to count the number of times it's gonna it twitches, and then someone's gonna travel that many miles to visit you. Yeah, I think you just need a vacation. Yeah. Right. So mine was why is the sky blue and why is daylight saving time a thing? So yeah. <laughs> uh, agree with the second one. All right, recapping the first round. <laughs> P. John Robinson chalk number one. <clears throat> Brian Ford taking a big swing with Anthony Richardson two. Taking us bunt with the safest quarterback in the draft. Chad goes Bryce Young three. FFA Schaefer goes CJ Stroud four. I took JSN five. RJ takes Will Levis six. Casper takes Gibbs one seven. Chris Stroud goes Jordan Addison with one eight. Brian Halich goes Quentin Johnston with 1.9. Dave Donaldson goes Michael Mayer, not Michael Myers, 110. Consensus then goes Zach Charbonnet, 111, and Zay Flowers, 112. Can we talk about Zay Flowers a little bit? I mean, just, I mean. Hey, good, move on. Yeah, yeah. good good football player, really good football player. And Probably deserves like, to be in that in that tier uh, that everybody like has him dropped out of. All over. Yeah, I think, I think he's going to be a really great complimentary piece and a good, uh, good, but not great. I think, I think some people are going to be really surprised uh, that he might have the opportunity to be the second or third wide receiver um, in the NFL draft. Because I think, you know, it seems like the NFL really, really likes him and he's good enough um, to do that. And dynamic, very good hands. Yeah. I think we've mentioned it on the pod several times, but you know, for a player that was at Boston college, you know, they knew Zay flowers was the answer every single play and they couldn't stop him. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. Right on. All right, so who are we? Chris, who would you take with 201? Uh, personally, I would probably go Zach Evans. I don't mind downs at all, but Zach Evans, I'd probably hit running back. Yeah, okay. I hate Zach Evans. And then this podcast went an extra 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We won't we won't get into the debate on that one. I think uh, I think a lot of a lot of different podcast platforms, are, you know, touched on that one pretty substantially, and we'll be here all night. Yeah. All right. So, Dave, who would you take? Me. At, uh, at that point, I'm looking at uh, Hyatt, uh, possibly Miller, um, Cedric Tillman. It kind of depends on on what I'm looking for and what my team breakdown is at that point. Now that I think about it, Tyler O of the Dynasty Destroyer on DWZ Network sent me his picks, his top 24. 
So he has at 13. Oh, look at that. He's got Josh Downs, the same thing. That and there is. you go. Nice. Right on. All right, why don't we just go with Josh Downs? Brian Ford, you're up 202. Who are you taking? Yeah, so just like I, I chose 102 to um, make the case for Anthony Richardson, I also wanted to talk about what Dave touched on as far as like after 110-ish, it's kind of the Wild West for a while. It's kind of pick your poison. It's so, for me at least, it's going to be very, you know, draft capital and landing spot dependent. In 2022, I was looking to trade out of the late first and early second because I looked at who was going at cost and said, gross. It's a little different this year. I think I want to trade up from uh, early second or trade down from early second um, simply because the value isn't there for these guys. They're not gross, but I can get similar guys a few picks later. Or I can take a swing and try to get up and take some of the upper tier guys that are that are going early. So chances are I'm not going to be picking a lot at 201, 202, 203, which is one reason why I kind of wanted to to be here and and talk about it. Like I'm out on Hyatt at cost. Um, Downs, I liked him better when he was called Marvin Mims a round and a half later. Um, you know, like I mean, I do like Downs, but like you know, it's it just you know. It, it's about it's about value, right? Um, I so love for me, Marvin Mims. For, for me personally, uh, this is where I start to think. Okay, uh, let's now pivot to running backs, and I have this tier of running backs that are pretty tightly packed together, and it's really going to you know going to differentiate them is going to be draft capital and landing spot. The one I like the most right now, out of out of who's left. Um, is uh, you know a fallen Debbie Darling, and that's uh, and that's Tank Bixby. He's going to be a better NFL player than than college player. He made the most of what he could with bad coaching, O line, and scheme. He's a well-rounded back that's severely underrated because he dipped from his darling freshman season. Um, and I think he is a pretty safe bet among among running backs. He's my RB four at the moment, so I'll gladly take Bixby well ahead of. Uh, the, not well, but a, a good enough ahead of the guy who's uh, who just went after him, and uh, yeah, you know, um, I think I think you're looking at like a, a Josh Jacobs type type guy in in Tank Bigsby. Yeah. All right, love it, love it, love it. Underrated as hell. Um, I, he came in a little smaller than I had hoped. Uh, I was hoping to to comp him to Chubb, but he's not got that size. I do think he runs like Chubb though. Um, Man's definitely determined, really good, honest power back in the NFL. I think he's going to be, like you said, kind of well-rounded. Um, I've been saying jack of all trades, but master of none. Uh, Chris, I mean, yeah, Chris, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to call you CJ for a second. <laughs> Chris Stroud, what do you think of Tank Bigsby? Uh, I like Tank a lot, actually. Uh, I just did a quick search whenever you asked me who I would have taken. I said Zach Evans, and I didn't get down that far, uh, which was on me. But, uh, no, I actually do like Tank quite a bit. Uh, I, like Brian said, I mean, I just think he's he's going to be a better NFL player than he was in college. Uh, he'll be solid. Right on. I know, Dave, Dave, I know you like Tank. We've had these conversations in the past. Yeah. No, I, 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 think, I think he's completely underrated because he was at Auburn and – 
the Auburn coaching staff didn't know how to go over and call an offensive play outside of handball off and pray. So, yeah, and just um, a ridiculous line, just a ridiculously horrible line. Oh, they were just bad. Yeah. But, um, but, and and to be fair, and to give Tank some credit, he didn't exactly say I'm going to go somewhere else and try to learn a new offense and showcase. He's like, I'm just going to go be the Auburn running back. I'm going to go and do it. And this is who I am. I, I also believe that he was playing hurt and didn't want to hurt Auburn on their, on their way through. And I think he played hurt last year. And I think that hurt his numbers and hurt his stock a little bit. Okay. So it wouldn't be surprising to me to go over and see him come back. And I agree with Brian. I think he's going to be a much better Did something just happen? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it looked like everything reset for some reason. Yeah, everything just reset. Dave, uh, like Dave said, much better, and then things froze and all the squares shuffled. Yeah, all the squares shuffled. Okay. <laughs> I, I was I was trying to say uh, I thought uh, – I agree with Brian. I think he's going to be a better NFL running back than college running back, and then, and then it went schizo on me. So uh, – Dave, <laughs> let me ask you a question. When you said, like, you know, he could have – what about devil's advocate – uh, college guys are essentially free agents now, and if programs really wanted him, and you know, and Tank thought he could go somewhere and you know really improve his draft stock, he would. What do you think about that? I think I think that if he had put his name in the portal and actually tried, like said, I want to go out there and do it, I think he could have ended up in a lot of be- in a lot better landing spot than what he did. But I think he just basically said, "This is where I'm at. This is who I am." And there's something to be said about kind of a loyalty and, and a, a wanting and a commitment to a certain location that we're not seeing as much. And I think some of those old school coaches are probably going to look at that and say, okay, this is a person who went over and could have taken free agency essentially and gone out there and done something with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his NIL money is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to have to be a focal point of Auburn because they didn't have anything else. I mean, help Bo Nix left for Christ's sake. So I mean, it, it, it it's 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 you want to talk about Wild Wild West? That I mean, college football right now, trying to keep track of where everybody's going to. You might as well just wait until spring practices start and see who's there, and then see who's going to leave because they didn't get the job. Yeah, and I think you can say the same too ish about Roshan. You know, stayed mm-hmm. and. Mims after Lincoln Riley left, you know, he stayed and thrived, you know, and something to be said for that. All right, Chad Mendoza. I think you you're we've talked about this, you're a fan of tank, but you have another run back right uh, I think you're pretty excited at two oh three, am I right? Yeah, very excited. I think Sean Tucker is um yeah, the only reason anybody's watching Syracuse football. Uh and I mean he's just a complete football player. I think he's He's a guy. Um, I think he has the potential to be a three-down back in the NFL. And um, if he gets the draft capital, I am incredibly excited to have him here. I am very disappointed he didn't run. Uh, Very disappointed he didn't um, go out there and compete at the Combine. Uh, As a guy that, you know, has really been pushing for for him and Sharp since the beginning, you know, uh, of their college careers, I've really liked both of them. Um, Sharp went out there and and showed what he's got and – you know, if there was one guy I thought would go out there and try to compete, it would be Sean Tucker because he's not, you know, 
in that Bijan territory where he can take the day off. So, uh, yeah, I mean, quite a bit disappointing, but uh, I'm ecstatic. I'm getting him here. Yeah, I've still I've seen to this day I've seen nothing about why he didn't, but I have to believe that he's got some. You know, he could have he could have twisted an ankle walking out the front door on his way to the combine. How do we know? Um, you you have to believe that because you need confirmation bias that Sean Tucker isn't free falling at NFL draft boards. That's why you have to believe that. If he twisted an ankle, he would have told us he twisted an ankle. Free falling. I don't I don't think free falling on NFL draft boards has anything to do with it. I mean, if he was free falling, right. he would have went out there and tried to test because he is. I mean, he's an athlete. All right, let's get let's get back he to the rails here. I'm going to talk about a, a, another podcast that I listen to. That's an actual NFL draft. Uh, podcast with Greg Cosell. Um, he really likes Sean Tucker. He, I, I mean, a lot of superlatives. Uh, what he, what he says though is that he's he's team and scheme specific, which is a lot of players. So, you know, we just have to assume that if he gets the draft capital, you know, at least late second, early third, that that team knows what they're going to do with him, and um, we don't really have to worry about that part of it. If he goes late third, then I'm a little worried, starting to worry that, you know, maybe he's used that as, as a complimentary back. But he's got the skill set to be a, a number one. He really does. Yeah, I'm busting chops. Yeah, I know you <laughs> So, uh, um, Mike, did you have a chance to watch any Sean Tucker? To watch any? No. Yeah. Absolutely. Or, absolutely. Or, or read up on him at all? No. I mean, I've, I've been reading up on him, especially since last time we did our um, – mock draft chat had him you know reasonably high uh but I'm, I'm in the same boat as chad i was just anxious to see him test and him not testing was disappointing so now we wait on pro days and, and what the nfl thinks of him so if he like falls to the late fourth or fifth round then i'm probably not going to be as interested but if, if teams like him and invest in the third then i'd and i'd probably hop back on board for what it's worth nfl mock draft database has him projected as a fourth rounder so. wow interesting Something that is something, man. Am I gonna get a value? You know, it's got a lot of them though. A lot of the RBs now projected as a fourth rounder. So, I mean, I think recent history has shown, and we'll see what happens, especially with Bijan. But it's like what used to be a first round RB is now like a second round RB, you know, right? Like Jonathan Taylor going in the second, you got Swift and Dobbins and yeah, all these guys. So it's kind of just like pushing them back because there are so many RBs, right? Yeah, I think that, and that begs the question, like. Is like quote unquote day three RB the death sentence that it used to be, especially yeah. if we're only talking yeah. about four or five and not and not six or seven? I don't sure. know. Maybe just four because five starts to get a little iffy. You get drafted over and you're not really safe in free agency carousel and things like that. But let's talk looking- about all the guys though that that had a role this year. You know, uh, Pacheco, Gainwell, Algiers, Caleb Huntley. I mean, there's I think I think some of the problem you're running into though is if if Sean Tucker or you know Tank Bigsby or one of these guys that you know it's kind of hard to project where they're going to go in the NFL draft at the moment. Um, if they do, you know, fall into that fourth round of NFL uh, drafts or of the NFL draft, then it's going to be tough to take them at the 201, 202, 203 when you have wide receivers who probably went in the first round or early second round who you know are going to get the opportunity. Right. Um, so that that's going to be the debate there. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll just I'll just throw one comment in here real quick. Um, 
how many running backs in this draft class not named Bijan are actually safe bets to go over and not possibly be replaced in the next two years? And uh, so, agreed. You know, I, mean, I, think, I think Gibbs is a pretty safe bet because he's got a unique skill set. He's got a different. Um, he's got a different. I don't think his risk is being replaced being long as Bogman. You know, with another. That, that's that's just my point. Is we we throw a lot of darts at the running backs here, and I think when you're getting the fourth, fifth. I mean, even with Pacheco, look let's look at Pacheco. I mean, Brian was huge on him last year, um, seventh round draft pick, dropped our boards, and we kind of wished we all had him at that point. Now, sure, but who's to say that they're not going to draft somebody in the fourth round, like maybe the next guy that got drafted to go over and compliment him, and then next thing we know his uh, draft stock and, and what we can see per, perceived to be his value goes over and drops a bit. So. Yeah, uh, for, to, to, to that point, like at this point now in the timeline, I'm not, I don't want to roster Pacheco. As much as I said he's, he's great value at cost, I don't want to roster him now precisely because he's so unsafe in a, on a yeah. team that's willing to use 17 running backs and, you know, and he's got seventh round capital. I could, they could bring in a running back and he could be fairly irrelevant. You know, he's he's a guy who's I think overvalued, who's a sell. Yeah. Yeah. He's splitting time, best case scenario. All right, really good point. Really good point. And to that point, I'm up and I'm taking Marvin Mims. I said it earlier. Mm-hmm. I love Marvin you, Mims. You missed that, you, you skipped you skipped, Jesse. You you, you oh, skipped I'm sorry. the last one. I'm sorry. You're right. I was trying I, to segue you there, but you, you Yeah, my it. bad. I did <laughs> I did not talk about Kendry Miller. This is a player that I don't love. You know, and the at, Honestly, I, I thought I was going to like his tape a lot better when I put it on. Chris, have you seen any? Um, Kendry Miller, do you have any thoughts? Uh, the little bit that I have watched, I have not. I just started to delve into rookies, and I just made it through quarterbacks this week. Um, so I haven't got full in on running back tape yet. But the, what I have seen out of Kendry, I like quite a bit. Um, but again, I have not delved super deep yet. So. I will uh, bow to you. Right on. Yeah, he's he, he doesn't play to his size, in my opinion. Athleticism is um, average at best. So if you're not using your power at that size and skill set, then what are you really doing for me, Dave? Anything? He he's he again. He's he's kind of like QJ. Um, he's a bit of an anomaly in the fact that he's a little bit bigger. He's strong. He's he's a, a heavier rusher. Um, I think he got hurt, and that kind of hurt his his draft stock there in the end. But he's he's solid. I don't I don't again though. I think that like a fair number of the running backs and the things that we're dealing with here, and kind of accentuating on my point before. I don't think there's anything necessarily overtly special about him that makes me want to think, oh, this is the number three running back in this class. He could be number three. He could be number eight, and it's not a big deal. So you're just throwing a dart and you're hoping the draft capital's right and he gets in a space where he's able to get his hands on the ball 15 times and make something out of it. So, Okay. Anyone else else on Kendra Miller? No. Brian's biting his tongue hard. I guess, Chad, Mike? No, I think uh, what you said is pretty much my critiques. Uh, it's just usually the people who don't like Zach Evans are the guys who – are the people who do like Kendra Miller. 
And so I just think you're kind of like a, an anomaly. In, in that I don't especially like, yeah, I didn't especially like either one of them, uh, but for different reasons. But anyway, all right. So now my pick, um, <clears throat> Marvin Mims, as I started to say, uh, this man catches everything. His hands are elite. Uh, he ran a sub 4-4. Uh, I believe it was a 4-3-8. So the speed looks pretty elite. Definitely uh, shifty. Came in a little bigger than I expected. I think this guy has slot receiver written all over him. Productive player in the NFL. Love to see, uh, I don't know, a faster Hunter Renfro out of this guy. I'm not really, I don't know. At this point, I want the guy that I know is going to be an NFL receiver. It's second-round picks or crapshoots, and he, he really feels he feels like he's a definite, like I said, NFL player to me with a pretty nice ceiling. Anybody disagree with that? Not at all. I, I don't disagree at all. Um, as, as I was telling you last week, like I think the idea that he's going to be uh, as discounted as I wanted him to be is gone now. But I, but I will say I don't think you're going to need to use two o what two o five to to get him when when the real drafts come around. I think you'll still be like, able to get him later. On. All right, but I like him better than anybody else on the board, and I don't have any other pick other than two o five. So we're not trading down. So I take him right. I mean, if you can make an argument for another player, that's fine. But, you know, just saying that you can get him later, if that's my guy, it's my guy. Yeah, or you can take the person that people value more and trade that person well, for Mims Plus. Yeah. All right, who would that be right now? Then? For the, the guy that people value more that's still left on the board? I don't know, A-Chain. People love A-Chain. Yeah. There's going to be some Zach yeah. Evans people. There's going to be some Ty J Spears people. Um, I think there's three or four running backs. Kincaid, people have, you know, like he did just hit on the on the one guy that I thought about was Tajay Spears. Um, Mm -hmm. He, I think he's got an NFL skill set as well. Uh, A little size, but definitely dynamic. He's a fun watch on tape. Um, Chad, who would have you? Who would you have taken here? Uh, And and the point seven five premium. I'm going Kincaid personally. Okay, shit. Great. Sorry, my pick. Just I was. Oh, you're fine. Oh, did you not want him? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I, that's fine. I can I can take it off. <laughs> you're funny. All right. So, really, I was looking at you know I I, I kind of bought into y'all's um, discussion about how the running backs are are flat here. The next ten guys are pretty much similar in in value. So I I compared Mims to Hyatt, who are sort of the next two valued receivers in my eyes. And if I'm trying to build my team, I'm taking Mims because, I, like again, I think he's an NFL receiver all day. Jalen Hyatt I, it just is is very limited to me. He went next to RJ. I don't love Jalen Hyatt. I would take him later in the second as a dart throw. But when I have guys that I think are more uh, likely to hit, I think Jalen Hyatt's going to surprise people with draft capital, um, NFL draft capital. I think Maybe. he's going to go earlier than a lot of people think he is. Maybe I, 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 I feel Chad. like the 4-4 four, four and not the 4-3, whatever. Might have, I, I don't know if that – that probably just hurts him in our, in our eyes, in my eyes. They've got GPS. Yeah, yeah they got GPS. They don't – Yeah, they know exactly how fast. Yeah. But, yeah, Dave, good point. I think Chad – Yeah, good, good best ball guy. I think Chad's 100% right. 
Chad, Chad's right. Uh, Hyatt is going to, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him go in the first round, but I'd rather have Mims myself. Long as, I mean, as long as Mims isn't a third rounder and Hyatt's a first rounder, I, I don't think I can believe you. Yeah, that's what scares me is is Mims doesn't seem to be a uh, um, an NFL darling, you know, uh, particularly when you're paying attention to, you know, some of the mock drafters who, um, you know, have their big boards out and talk to a lot of these NFL teams. They don't seem to go out of their way to talk about Mims too much, um, which makes me think that the, the NFL is maybe not not too high on him. Oh, okay, um, one team. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's a, that's the thing about you know doing this now is we don't have the draft capital, so it's a little bit more fun. But you know, once we know, we know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I'm not saying this is our last one we'll do before the NFL draft, but uh, this is kind of our baseline. This is what that's what we're trying to do is, is find out who we think is most talented at this point, and then you know, and then let the NFL sort some of that out for us. All right, Casper, you're up. Okay, so the one I accidentally picked, I was actually considering here, um, which was Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. So uh-huh. I, it, I think it will depend to see what NFL teams think. But this is, I feel like it could be similar to where like Jalen Hurts was going a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously he's coming off the injury, so um, I've heard, you know, maybe Seattle with a second round pick could take him and get healthy behind Geno to take over. That's where I would be considering him then in the second round if that were to happen. Um, but I went with Devon A. Chain. I got to stay loyal uh, to my Aggies, which it's, it's funny. I, I don't know if it was Brian that said people love A. Chain. I don't know anyone that loves A. Chain to be com- I, in the fantasy space. I don't, I don't think I've heard anybody really like A. Chain. Um, obviously, I'm not a big film junkie, um, but I remember last year watching A. Chain behind Spiller and A-Chain was a million times more talented than Spiller is, and I think we're seeing why um, now that Spiller has done nothing in the NFL with the Chargers. Um, but A-Chain, I know, obviously, there's concerns about his uh, weight and stuff like that, and um, I don't know. I saw him go between the tackles a lot. Obviously, it's not the NFL, but it is the SEC, which is about as close as you can get, um, and, and he did he did find that he held up just fine there. Um, we, we rode him. Uh, to any of our big wins we had this season. And it, he's the reason we almost beat Alabama. So um, it, it was all on his shoulders. So um, I'll, yeah. I'll take a chain here. And this, at 2-7, I would have expected him to go like 2-2-ish, uh, if not earlier. Just to clarify, what I, I said, that, what I mean is there are 18 people, right? So like... I just don't know any is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like, you know, I, I personally am not one. You know what I mean? Like I'm out at cost. Um, I mean, if, if we're if we're talking about the threshold with with Gibbs and we're not. And also like, you know, uh, a chain going to have special teams contribution baked into his real life draft capital, which is going to, you know, arouse people. So, yeah, uh, uh, I'm doing what I can to avoid a chain unless I'm taking him to trade him to Mike. Yikes, looks like we lost. <laughs> so uh, Brandon Lejeune has A-Chain as his third running back, I believe, in the class. So that's pretty um, that's pretty high. I will say this, I mean, he's though. A, he's the outlier of an outlier, kind of like Bryce Young. Like he's, he's but, um, you know, <laughs> as Jesse will attest to, Lejeune, like, is is the rain cloud for every prospect. Like, he he has him as his RB3. 
but says his future in the NFL is a committee back, third down back. You know what I mean? So, like, there's there's some context there. <laughs> you know. All right, so we lost Chad. Devin A. Chain, yeah, I, you know, I, I think Devon. He's be- don't don't dismirch the name. All right, it's Devon. Devon A. Chain A. Chain, I believe, has a chance to be a really good complimentary player and a, and a contributor on on your dynasty team, but little little high for me. Um, I think he's more of a, I don't know, late second, early third, but. If that's your guy, like I said earlier, if you don't have a late second and you have 207 and that's your guy, then get him. I'll be shocked if he lasts at the late second. He looked, he looked, yeah, that's just my evaluation on him. He looked great at the combine, very smooth. Um, all right, so up next is Chris Stroud. Who you got? All right, so this is uh, kind of in uh, Jesse's. Uh, mind frame. This is my uh, swing for the fences. The guy that I just want to own. I don't know if I would have to take him here, but I want him. Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears. Love it. Yeah. He looked electric in the combine. I have not got to watch a lot of his film yet, but man, he looks good. Yeah, after the big, so you know, I have a big five running backs, I guess you know, the first five that were taken in this draft. And after those guys, I think I like Tajay the best. Um, and I'm like, guessing Brian is super happy because whoever he wants is still there. No, I'm super – I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. team Tajay. No, no, All yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, I liked him before it was cool. I liked him before the – I liked him before the Cotton Bowl. I'm going to get a T-shirt that says, you know, I like Spears <laughs> before it was cool. Uh, uh, I, I, he's my RB5. Yeah. Wait, I mean, I'm, he – he was a senior. A little bowl. worried about his little worried about his size, but uh, man, I mean, he's electric. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's he's. I like. I like. He's got a well-rounded skill set, and and I'm. Um, yeah. I. You know. Uh, agil- he bounces outside a little too much. I think he trusts his his speed, and he'll learn. But um. Yeah, but yeah. At, at two oh eight. Yeah. Yeah. Spears all day. Yeah. Right on. Dave, anything on Tajay Spears? You dogged him earlier. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, look, look, like I like I said, I, I, I think I think when we start talking about Achain and, and Tajay Spears and um I, I I think you're you're looking at you're hoping maybe twelve touches a game. Mm-hmm. And so you're just gonna have to hope that some of it makes sense. So Right on. Well, up next, Brian Hallich with the steal of the draft, Dalton Kincaid. Man, do people love this guy these days. Listen to Greg Cosell. That he's, he gave three reallys in a row. I really, really, really like this guy, is what he said. Dalton Kincaid. So Brian and I have had numerous conversations about Dalton Kincaid on Dynasty Fever, uh, which, as, as we all know around here, is a warm-up practice for dynasty war games <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm glad that i could be the fluffer for <laughs> for, for the mike you're gonna have to google that okay like, <laughs> 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 well 
what is oh it came up yeah the military guy doesn't know what why is, is why is my fluffer dirty uh it's a sandwich with pizza. and at 123 we went off the rails <laughs> Uh, but as we've discussed, is that Dalton Kincaid can't block a lick. So he's not an inline tight end. He's not your traditional tight end. So if he's actually going in the first round, like he's being mocked, then he's going as an NFL primary weapon. For, he's primary weapon for that team, right? I've said NFL probably 50 times in this podcast. Someone take me a drink. There we go. But... Dalton Kincaid, like I said, if he's getting that draft capital, he's gonna he's gonna be the focal point of an offense, or at least this, as the second, you know, option in an offense. I, I I don't see him um, going in a first round to a team and then not um, specifically game planning to get to get him the ball. If that doesn't happen, then you know. It's a completely different evaluation. I think he's more of a third round or fourth round dynasty pick. But if he's, you know, anywhere from the first to mid second, then two oh nine in a rookie draft is an absolute steal. Oh, muted. Especially one seven five. Yeah, for sure. One seven five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the big thing. So right, if it's not tight end premium, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not jumping at him like that. But yeah, Chad alluded it to alluded to it earlier, and uh, here to talk about that is Chad Mendoza. Welcome back, son. Hello. No, or not, <laughs> or not. So Chad will join us when he feels like it. Up next, <laughs> actually, Chris, you got you got anything on Dalton Kincaid? Uh, no, I love that pick. Uh, that's a great value and a 1.75 for sure. Uh, I think we're coming real close player wise that if we're in a 1.75 tight end premium league, I'm just pounding the tight ends here. It's, which is a horrible phrase. Uh, there's just so much talent this year in tight ends that, you know, like, uh, Dave had mentioned earlier, just, you know, keep taking them and just hope a couple of them hit. So I love that pick. Right on. Right on. I love it too. Dave, you're up next. Do you take it? Well, um, this is nice at this point, huh? Really who you like. I mean, uh, that's it. This is, this is the fun thing. Like we've been, we've been talking in the Debbie circles. We've been talking about this draft for the last two years about how, 2023 was going to be this magical, wonderful uh, saving grace in 2021, get all your 2023 picks that you possibly can. Yeah. And now that you're looking at it and you're like, Oh, after about the first six or seven, it literally, I have six people on my list of possible players. I could go over and take depending on how I feel like I want to go with this. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's hard because I'm like trying. I guess I can talk a minute because I'm the only person that has any picks left. Um, well, you know, gonna, do I just we're gonna, say we're going to give that this eleven and twelve? Okay. Well, then I, I'll, I'll give my speech now for it, real quick. I'll, I'll time myself. I'll give myself three minutes. Uh, I can go over and say booty just because the potential uh, LSU wide receivers have a pretty good track history. Um, 
you look at his freshman year, he was awesome. And then everything fell apart around him and they couldn't figure out anything. They changed coaches. And I don't know if he necessarily was particularly interested the last two years. Uh, you've got Zach Evans, who I think hasn't been interested because he wants to save himself for, Oh, if you want to do three rounds, I can go as many rounds as you want, but yeah, um, I don't think so. But, uh, you know, Zach Evans, I think potential wise, five star can go over and make it work. I think that he really hasn't ever really applied himself. Um, now, whether or not he can or is capable of doing that is a question. You've got someone like Cedric Tillman, who I think is an awesome receiver who got overshadowed by Jalen Hyatt and probably helped Jalen Hyatt reach where he was at. Uh, it's 1.75, so Darnell Washington and that you know one-handed grab that makes everybody look all like, oh my God, maybe this guy can actually play something outside of you know a, an offensive tackle. You've got Hendon Hooker, who I think is going to be a, has the potential to be a really solid pick at this point as a QB. That I mean, shoot Chase Brown, Evan Hole, Rishi Rice, uh, Izzy. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Abanaconda. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, I mean, there. This is this is the fun thing about this. It literally is just a mix of whoever you really feel like taking. All right. Well, who do you feel like taking? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make everyone mad. Do it. Zach Evans. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> the computer could not wait to throw Boutte back up on there. So Zach Evans, I think, is the right pick here. I'm with you. I, I actually, I think this is the perfect spot for, for Zach Evans. We could all absolutely be wrong on that. Chad, are you actually here with us? Yep, I'm here. Hey, welcome hey. back. Nice hey. to be back. Technical yeah. difficulties. So you missed a few picks. Um your boy, Dog King. So, Zach Evans, like I said, I think this is a perfect spot for him, given the upside. If he gets the right landing spot, I've seen him mock to Philly. I would hate that personally, but if that happens, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity for him. Um, Mike, what do you think about Zach Evans? Mike? Oh, you're muted. Thinking. Sorry, I was muted. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really don't have, I really don't have a lot to say. Like I've, I've heard a lot of different evaluations. I haven't watched him personally, so okay. Um, I've just heard he was kind of a under, you know, under performer. I guess you could say. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious to see what. This is one where I want to see what that NFL thinks of him. All right, I but, actually want to go to Brian but, on this one because Brian, you're the compiler. Yeah. Oh, and we lost Chad again. Uh, Brian, you're the compiler. You're the one that um, probably looks um, at the most yeah. content across all con uh, across all platforms. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Zach Evans at the two ten? At the two ten, currently, without knowing draft capital or landing spot, I I, mm -hmm. I think it's fine. Um, I think Dave's right that there's a number of directions you can go, and that just speaks to. Um, 
what we said before about basically after 110 to like 212 ish it's like you know uh go with what you want um the people who like zach evans point to um that his elusiveness is subtle and hard to see Mm -hmm. uh it's things like micro movements and ankle flexation um that other people are are missing and they say that um I don't know about his recruiting. I can't tell you about, you know, this or that. Okay, fine. He lost some snaps to Judkins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When he's on the field and he's healthy, he's as good as any running back in this class. Um, so, you know, uh, it, there's definitely, as you said, alluded to earlier, a, a team Evans and a, and, a, and a team fade Evans. Um, I think it's hard not to have him in the, in the top six, seven backs in this class, but um, so yeah, I, I, I think, I think two ten is fine. Yeah. I, I'm going to sum Zach Evans up with this and this is for Dave. All right. I found this in the fridge. Zach yeah. Evans is a Bud Light seltzer cocktail hour watermelon mojito. That is so that means you drink awful. him all day, right? Who the hell knows what this is going to oh. be? Cheers. Talk to me, that unicorn piss. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Oof. Not too bad, and then kind of bad. <laughs> kind of finishes pretty awful. That's the mojito part. All right, so... <laughs> oh. Dave, Dave's like, this is a war crime happening right in front of me. I... <laughs> I'm with Dave. Dave. For everyone listening, Dave. Dave was a sommelier. Um, <laughs> like he's, a, he's like grand master wizard. He's the Gandalf of sommeliers. So well, he, let, let's... Let's stay off Grand Wizard, maybe. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. Yikes. Yikes. I mean, he does live in Texas, but like, yeah. All right, let's call it, let's say Grand Cuba. Is that okay? (laughs) The guy's the Gandalf. He's the Gandalf. Yes. It's 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 uh, Jesse sauntering over with his watermelon mojito and Dave saying, "You shall not pass." <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right, guys. So for the eleven and twelve, I think we should just talk about players that we like yeah. that weren't taken. I mean, for sure. me, it's Rushy Rice. Let's talk about fifty players. Yeah. Yeah, Rushy Rice. I, I mean, love I'm, Rice. That yeah. man is gonna wreck people. He could either be Debo Samuel or Lavisca Chanel. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I wrote a profile yeah, on him good. for going for two.com. He's a guy that I like, like in a class of smalls. He's one of the few that, you know, is is over six feet. And after Mims, I have three guys, uh, Rice Hutchinson and uh, and Tillman kind of lumped together as like, don't sleep on these guys. Um, you know, it's bad analysis if the only analysis you have is he's got a dog in him. But Rasheed Rice has a dog in him. He's got the alpha mentality of this is my damn ball. He runs his routes well enough, has good enough hands and athleticism, tested well at the combine to answer some of those doubts. Yeah, I like him. I like him. Yeah, the testing was better than I expected. I think he is. I think he's legitimately going to wreck people. He's he's 220, right? Legit 220? That's a monster. He's like no, yeah, I think you're mixing him up with maybe Mingo. He's like 208 or something. Oh, is he? Yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah, Jonathan Mingo is it. No, he was listed at 220 is what it was, and then weighed in much lighter. Rice is 204. Yeah, he weighed in much lighter. 
but that's okay. He, he plays like 220. But yeah, you're not gonna get no arguments from me on on Rice. Um, yeah. Xavier Hutchinson. Anybody else have thoughts about him besides Brian? I know you, Brian, you like him. Elite three cone. I don't think you need to spend the two eleven on him, but I like him. Uh, Luke Musgrave. Anybody love him here? I think in a one seven five, people will make the case for him in the late yeah, second. You know, my point. yeah, he um, can't block a lick. I mean, Izzy was mentioned before. Uh, Chase Brown tested a lot better than people thought. He's a um, third in my opinion. He's he got uh, he got ragdolled in pass pro at the Senior Bowl, but you know, if you're not asking him to do that, you know, and you have the role for him, then you know, uh, I, I you know, me and Dave are going to fight on Darnell Washington, like. Um, He's not just an extra tackle. He's going to be used that way early because he's a pro-ready blocker. He's got better ball skills than people think. Um, he's in a tier with Mayer and Kincaid with me as the top three tight ends. He's just going to be slower to develop, so I have him third among that among those three. I mean, there's a million guys you could take here. You know, um, so let's talk about. I want to talk about Cedric Tillman because he's low key one of the most polarizing, like low key players. I've seen him I, – I texted this to you earlier, Brian. I, I've seen him mocked at 110 and 312 in yeah. mocks, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I like him. I think he's a, a solid middle second-round pick. I might have taken him earlier. if I, You know, if I had a pick after 205, he was pretty high on my board. Mike, anything on, on Tillman? No, I. I mean, my yeah. next, my next five. I kind of like how it went: Booty Rice, uh, Roshan. You know, then I would have taken my pick from Tillman, Hooker, or or Deuce Vaughn. To be honest, Deuce Vaughn. Okay. So. Yeah, I like Roshan Johnson too. Um, Chris, who are your next? Yeah, who are your next few players? Uh, Roshan is absolutely on my list, and I wanted to ask Brian and Dave uh, since they are definitely more into the Devi side about Deuce. Uh, what I've seen about Deuce, the dude is electric, and it's it's just amazing to me that he also went to K-State just like Sproles because that's exactly who he reminds me of. But is he big enough? Like, can he actually have a fantasy-relevant role is, I guess, what, what, are, your, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll start. Um Sproles, Sproles, if you remember, spent most of his time working his way through the special teams and into a role after multiple years. Um, I don't know if the current NFL is patient enough, unless if he is an all-pro special teamer, to go over and give him the time to prove that he's going to be there. I think that he has, he has so much there's so much going on with them that I really, really like, but at that kind of size, it just, it, there's certain mark, there's certain thresholds you have to hit in order for people to feel comfortable with you. And remember that these are also a lot of GMs and, and coaches and whatnot, even with it, even in their, the, the young ones that are there who they've been trained by people that have been doing this for a long period of time. Outliers are outliers for a reason. Um, and we can go over and talk about Sproles, and he's an easy comp. 
But then my comment to you is what other outlier besides Sproles does he remind you of in the last 10 to 15 years that's been successful? Mm. And it's going to be hard to come up with something. Maybe Cohen, but that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Because you're hundred percent right. Those guys aren't going to make it. Um, Yeah. I I think he, he can be fun and can be electric and he'll probably have a week here and there where you're like, damn, I wish I started Deuce Vaughn in my flex. Um, yeah. For what it's for what it's worth, um, Matt Waldman likes him. Uh, my notes from what Waldman said are on a podcast: tough and quick, scheme diverse, a very good receiver. He's got ant strength, like strength per pound for his size. Uh, very good movement characteristics. The NFL knows how to use guys like this in space against spread out defenses and gap runs with finding the creases, and he can be good in the right situation which I think that last one, right situation, you can say about a lot of guys. Um, but, you know, I'm not in the, the bet on a 5'5", 179 guy who didn't bother to run the 40 because he's got tiny legs and those short strides wouldn't produce a good 40. Like, I, you know, I, I'm just not making the bet on a guy like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was uh, thinking too, but it's, you know, the, the confirmation helps. Like, in, in the third round, when you're making dart the- throws and and it has a seven yes. to eight percent hit rate, yeah, then sure. Yeah. I mean, we can. Right. The nice the nice thing about it is, um, you you listen to enough of the Debbie people and the rookie people. The nice thing about Deuce Vaughn is he is he is a hard he, like he's going to play special teams. He's going to make the roster. He is going to play. Um, if he's on the roster, he has a chance to play, and all you need is chances. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going over and spending a third or a fourth round pick on that player and saying I'm giving myself a five to eight percent chance of him hitting and being successful, then I'm willing to take that risk. In the second round, I'm not willing to make that necessarily make that risk, sure. especially with the number sure. of players we still have available to us that yeah. I think have a higher probability of success. So, yeah, Dave, what's your consideration? What are your thoughts sorry. on? Hen- I'm sorry, on Hendon Hooker, right? Because. The line that I like to say about Hooker is he might be QB3 in this class if it wasn't for the age and the ACL and the combination thereof of he's going to be almost 27 when he's fully himself again. But I don't know. I think spending a, a late second on him, I'm willing to do that if he goes somewhere where like he can maybe sit for a year and, and get that knee better and and – like I don't know. Like he he was really coming into form with Josh Heupel at ten. Like in in a normal situation like that, I might not take a second rounder on a guy who's not going to get first round DC as a as a quarterback. I don't know. I think I might with Hooker on the right team. I'm I'm with you. Um, Hooker is higher on my list. I should be saying this out loud since I draft with all of you guys soon. But Hendon Hooker is actually higher up on my list because, one, he is 25. Um, Something the NFL has proven over the last five, six, seven years is that um, you get a couple of years. And if you don't, if you're not going to hit certain standards or certain thresholds, then I need to find someone else for you. He's already got a built in number of snaps, requisite snaps. He's got a number of games played. I mean, he fits the Bill Parcells model of what you're looking for in a quarterback. pretty much across the board. And so if it wasn't for the ACL, I think we'd be, I think we'd be having this conversation to him up there in terms with Richardson in in NFL players. And just like everything else, you're looking for opportunity. Uh, I think Heupel's system is a little gadgety 
And so having him go over and be in the NFL for nine months, 12 months, going over and working through some of those progressions and trying to figure out some of the extra stuff, I think he has a high potential. And to be honest, him getting the first start at 26 doesn't bother me. I mean, especially after Geno Smith proof that you could be in this league for a while and then all of a sudden you can go out there and actually ball with the rest of them. I think it's it's a bit of a wake-up call that maybe we're – I mean, maybe we're getting rid of some of these quarterbacks or judging them too harshly too quickly. What do you think uh, about I like Hendon Hooker, too. I'm sorry I have to interrupt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I have to interrupt the love fest to tell Mike Casper you're a shipbird. Moving on. Making trades in the middle of a podcast. I didn't make a trade. Did something get accepted? Oh, yeah. Uh, For those of you who, who don't have your Balmer glossary out, a shipbird oh. is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is go watch the wire. You will hear the word shitbird 15 times per episode. So the Rams have a lot of needs and not a lot of picks, right? But at 37, and they take Hooker as Stafford rides out into the sunset and he gets to learn with McVay. Or I think the, I think the Raiders Rams would love at, that. or the Raiders at 39, because they bring Sidham back and they miss out on Richardson. Or Tennessee at 42 as Tannehill rides off into the sunset. I don't know. I think I kind of – I yeah, I think I like him. I think I like him. I don't think the Rams can do it. I think the Rams are going to be looking at going over and acquiring – well, one, they just traded Jane Ramsey. They're going to need another uh, cornerback. And the cornerback draft in, this, in the mid to, mid-second round is going to be looking pretty good. Mm. Uh, Tennessee is the one that I think – I think the Malik Willis – Unless if he somehow magically, you know, figured out what football was, um, I think uh, I think that could be a really interesting spot, or at least have the two of them compete against one another and try to figure stuff out. Uh, but I, I don't think Hendon Hooker is making it out of the second round. Yeah, Lions at forty nine, Tampa at fifty one, um, all all interesting spots. Yeah, Lions would be fun. And then Hooker on the Lions and that more open offense. Mm. Yep. All right, gentlemen. This was a lot of fun. I think we accomplished our task. I'm going to recap the second round, and then we're going to be out of here. So, in the second round, 201, consensus was Josh Downs. I'm sorry. Actually, that was Tyler O's pick, Josh Downs. And then BF Teach, Brian Ford goes Tank Bigsby. Chad goes Sean Tucker. Schaefer goes Kendra Miller. I took Marvin Mims. 206 to RJ is Jalen Hyatt. Casper goes Devin A Chain 8. Devon and A Train at 207. Boom. Chris Stroud goes Taj Spears. Boom, 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 boom. Brian Hallich goes Dalton Kincaid. Zach Collins. Donaldson at 210. Boom. Uh, and then we just talked a lot of players after that. You yeah. Kind of pick your poison. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Mike, Mike, this one, um, we could have gone all night and it was really hard. That's what she said. That's what she said. Times two. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I want to thank you for all of your time. Thank you so much, Chris Stroud, for joining us, giving us some of your insights. The whole point of this was, you know, 
to get some ideas of people that you're going to be in drafts with or people um, that are like-minded that are going to be in drafts with you. Dave, as always, thank you, sir, for your time. Can't wait to have you gentlemen both on the uh, draft podcast. Actually, Chris isn't going to be there, but Dave, can't wait to have you on. And Brian, plugs, please. Oh, at uh, Junkie underscore at Dynasty Fever Pod. Uh, Thursday's uh, Dynasty Fever drops audio only with Jesse. Uh, Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. ET, uh, Dynasty Saturday Night 5, live on the Going For Two Live YouTube channel. Articles and rankings at goingfortwo.com. And I await the dawn of the Debbie Dave podcast. I cannot wait. The guy needs his own podcast. And like I've been saying it for like over a year. Please get this guy a Debbie podcast. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Memphis would do it. He just has to. He's just got to carve out the time. Mike, anything yeah. for us? Uh, no. Yeah, go to uh, Tamu Army ROTC on Instagram. You'll see pictures of me. <laughs> no, that's all I got. I thought it was funny because I don't have like I, I don't do crap on social media. So there you pictures go. like that's- you that look exactly like Clayton, dude. I want to thank Gator J for being in chat all night. Everybody else that joined us, thank you all. We'll be back next Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. won a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak